How many of you noticed that something was left unexplained last Thursday? Really? Only that many of you? Y'all got to pay better attention. Okay, what was left unexplained? Coleman's t-shirt. <laughs> Coleman's t-shirt. Last week, whenever Coleman kept coming up to me, and I handed him a t-shirt in appreciation, and then he kept coming up and trying to give it back. That was actually a great sermon illustration. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't write any place in my notes to explain what it meant. And so he comes in at the, because Coleman is one of the guys that lives with me. He comes in after it's all over and he goes, thanks a lot. And I'm like, for what? He goes, for making me look like an idiot. And I was like, oh, I totally forgot. So he did look like an idiot. Uh, he is out of town tonight, so I can't make a, a public apology to him. And I actually thought it was kind of funny, so maybe I wouldn't apologize, but the point of him bringing this shirt up, how many of you were here last week? Awesome. The point of him bringing the shirt up is God can give you a robe, but you got to choose to keep it on as a prodigal son or daughter. He always has a robe, and he can't wait for you to put it on, but you're the one who has to wear it. So that was the point. How many of you have been wondering about the ministry owners and who they're going to be? None. Well, I've been telling you that we're going to this year. Uh, I've been the buck stopper for a couple of years, the public buck stopper. All of these people have been working with us on the ministry team. But this year we're going to do something different, and they're actually going to pastor these areas. Um, everything that I'm explaining to you tonight, Eric Knopf and I have been talking about, dreaming about, planning for, for about three or four months. And Eric Knopf is on sabbatical. Um, he is a younger, much younger, like 25 years younger than me. Um, and he is a powerful, articulate uh, teacher. Um, but he is on sabbatical, and so we're going to go ahead and roll this out tonight. So I'm going to announce the uh, ministry pastors, and I want to read the qualifications. For our leadership, it's good for you to understand what the expectations are that we have for our leadership. These are written. They all know that. Every February, we restart our year, and we go over this. This is a commitment that you're making, and it's actually a different document than this. But this is the commitment you're making, and we ask them to sign it. So we're not playing. We value your lives. We value your walk with the Lord. We love you. And so because of that, we're very clear about what our expectations are. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect, because none of us are. But when we miss the mark, we ask you to acknowledge it. So here's the expectations for our leadership overall. Number one, understand the deity of Christ. Number two, be able to lead someone to Christ, explaining the blood, cross, and res resurrection. Three, complete Christ's life phase one within the first year of leadership. Four, develop and implement a time investment tool. Five, develop and understand the circles of influence tool. Six, systematically work through strength finders, spiritual gifts test, and the five-fold ministry test. Seven, be able to hear the voice of God. Eight. Be a part of the Epic Life family for six months. Nine, be in agreement with the Epic Life core values, which is the document that we ask them to sign. Ten, consistently meet with at least one person one-on-one -on -one for whom you provide personal discipleship. Eleven, it is understood that leaders choose to be discipled. Twelve, live a life seeking growth and purity. Thirteen, go through Capital Christian Center's base camp. Fourteen, read through the following books with a suggested order below. Year one, we ask them to read Friendship Factor, Culture of Honor, and Tale of Three Kings. Year two, we ask them to read Boundaries, Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind, and Spirit Wars. And fifteen, be ready to share your current testimony of what God's doing in your life. 
And that's not the, I um, was a horrible sinner. I got saved 10 years ago, and things have been rosy ever since. It's your testimony of what's God teaching you today? Because if you don't have a current testimony, you don't have a relationship with God that has any substance or meaning in the kingdom. Because only the people that I'm in love with am I excited about. And that's the way it is with the Lord. So if there's no fruit that's coming out of your life, there's probably a great reason. And if you hang out with us, we'll help you find that out because we love God and we are excited about what he's doing. So I'm going to introduce to you the ministry pastors. We were calling them the ministry owners. It was had a really cool sound to it, um, but it wasn't accurate. And Eric and I were uh, talking over the phone Tuesday. He's been really, really sick. Uh, he and Camille both have, so if you could pray for them. And he had a really sore throat. And I kind of have a sarcastic sense of humor, and I could not be good on the phone. And he kept saying, stop making me laugh. You're hurting me. And I don't know why, but that just kind of eggs me on. But in the middle of that phone call, we did uh, agree that we actually need to call these ministry pastors. Because it's not just people who are coordinating something, but it's men and women who have been with us. They've actually served in these areas, and they'll be the ones who'll be responsible for seeking the heart of God for what are we trying to establish, main, uh, maintain, and sustain in growth. So, Sal, if you will roll those. I'm going to ask the ministry pastors to stand while I talk about your area, and then you can sit back down so everyone can see you. Sal? Nicole Romeo. She is over creative arts, and this is to reflect God's glory through creative expressions of worship, including art, dance, and whatever else he shows us. Actually, I sent these to Eric and Sal at 6.30 this morning, and Eric corrected three of them, and they were a whole lot better than what I had written, and this is one of them. So Nicole is away from us tonight ministering, so you could pray for her. She'll actually be in a ministry situation that's really powerful through Sunday. So if you think of it, pray for her. If these three ministry pastors could stand, Kim Miller, Dennis Kiraluk, Saul Lopez. Uh, this is the outreach area to impact the homeless, Sacramento communities, and local college campuses with treasure hunts, personal growth conferences, and other meaningful activities to introduce and amplify God's love for people. Jared Ireling and Saul Lopez are going to be over the developing the prophetic, which is to increase confidence in and understanding of the ability to hear God's voice and declare it in either prediction, exhortation, or instruction. Shaddy Hayek and Derek Morgan. And their area is fun. And if you think we're kidding, we're not. If you won't play with us, we won't pray with you. So, the goal is to prioritize having fun no matter what is happening. Hash mark, yeah, I put it in there. Movie nights, Leadership meet and greets, camping, holiday activities, retreats, fitness, dancing, and dance lessons around various genres of music, and overall hilarity. Colin Mahalis. His area is prayer, to develop a culture of prayerful living that transforms our lives and brings us freedom and revelation through personal interaction with Holy Spirit. Developing faith, evidenced by deliverance, healing, and baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Ashley Malai. Small groups. To facilitate intimate group interactions where people can explore faith in God and people and gain traction and practical application of God's truth in their personal lives, maturing spiritual gifts in small settings. And let me just say, if you're not, if your faith in God and your faith in people aren't growing at the same rate, 
your faith in God is not very strong because your faith in God needs to give you the inner strength to begin to develop faith in people. A lot of us are broken, and I get that. I'm, um, God's continuing to heal me, but as we continue to walk in greater and greater wholeness, you should also, your relationships, physical, personal relationships, should begin to show that. So, Eric Knopf. And his group is entrepreneurship. We actually, September 25th, 2009, had a really powerful prophetic word over our ministry that is about 20 minutes long. I go back to it often, and it said there is an entrepreneurial mantle over this, this ministry. And that's both in the marketplace and in ministry. And um, Eric is the king of entrepreneurship. Um, to fan the flame of entrepreneurship in both the marketplace and ministry, encouraging dreaming, taking risks, practical planning, and metric development for fulfillment of visions everyday people have the courage to go for. South Sansome. Ministry administration. To maintain a strong backbone for the behind-the-scenes activities and project management that enables the more visible activities of ministry to smoothly and efficiently take place. Hashmark functional setup and teardown, media, visitor follow-up, and data entry, decorations, food, and a bajillion other things. The Cal Baran. The Cal is over worship. Uh, and this is to mature worship that expresses the heart, involves the mind, and includes the body, giving praise upward, receiving instructions from above, and carrying out instruction in the world around us. Courtney Jerry, children, to nurture the God-given ability that children intuitively have to interact with God. Saul Lopez, security. To ensure a safe atmosphere and environment for all people to enjoy what God is doing. As you can tell, we have somewhat of a different perspective on security. Julie Betancourt, executive administration to serve as a communication conduit for Eric Waterbury and all of Epic Life overall. Hashmark ideas, constructive feedback, direction, and anything else you want to talk about. And the reason that I have Julie, um, I actually was going to kind of keep her hidden. And I sat down today, and the Holy Spirit was like, you are so dumb. I know the Holy Spirit doesn't say things like that to most of you because his reputation is that of a gentleman. But he was he told me I was dumb and that I needed to highlight her because Julie, for those of you who know her, she's always back at the table. She is one of the most approachable people in our ministry. She's very positive. She knows almost everybody. Um, she works with visitors and actually loves meeting and greeting new people. And sometimes, for whatever reason, it could just be bald, uh, skinhead look, but I can be unapproachable, or some of our ministry leaders can be unapproachable. Julie's very approachable. So if you have an idea, if you're trying to figure out where would I fit in, you know, I really hate the shirt Eric Waterbury wore tonight. Could you ask him to never wear that again? Anything that you'd like to share she would be the person if you can't figure out anybody else to talk to. So that's our ministry pastors for this year. Um, and I just want to tell you, it's not that any of these people are perfect. In fact, they are very clear on their imperfections. All of us are. Um, this is a community where it's safe to be imperfect and to be, have areas of brokenness and um, explore those, find healing. And so I'm excited, really excited about that. So 
wanted to share those. And now I want to, uh, I am going to use the Bible tonight. A couple of weeks ago, I didn't use the Bible at all. So I've been trying to make up for it ever since and use a bunch of verses. So tonight, um, I want to talk to you, but I, I want to uh, tell you a little bit, a story about Elijah. Elijah was a prophet in the Old Testament. He was really powerful. He was really gutsy. And he went up against 850 priests from Baal. And it was which of our gods is powerful, the most powerful. So they spent a whole day dancing around this uh, altar with a big ox on it and asking their God. They were cutting themselves, doing all kinds of really high drama things, trying to get him, their God, Baal, to respond and burn up their offering. And um, like any true prophet, how many of you know a prophet? How many of you know people who are very prophetic? Those of us who have strong prophetic giftings sometimes have communication issues. And so Elijah was asking all these compassionate questions like, maybe your God is asleep. And they're like cutting themselves, doing, he's like, maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's out of town. And finally, it came time for Elijah to ask Jehovah to burn the offering. So he pours all this water on it. There was a trench about it, filled that up. And when he asked Jehovah to burn the oxen, it burned everything up. It was really powerful. And then, like any true prophet, he had an altar call, and they slew all of the priests for Baal. That's how they did it in the Old Testament. So those of you who aren't pure tonight before the Lord will be glad that this is the New Testament. Um, right after that, Elijah like some prophets, like I've been in the past, gets really, really, really scared because Jezebel was a queen over the land, and Jezebel sent him word, I am going to kill you within 24 hours. And the dude who only the day before was just this amazing man of God, and he's like, your God must be on vacation. Your God must be asleep. He freaks out. And so he, it tells a story in 1 Kings uh, 19. It tells that story in, uh, it's all in 1 Kings. In 1 Kings 19, he and his servant came to Judah. And it says, when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself was a day's journey into the desert. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about servants about your place in the kingdom. Because you never hear of this servant again. You never even know his name. But he had just seen Elijah call down fire from heaven and burn not only the animal, but everything. He just saw an amazing victory. And yet he just kind of steps back when Elijah was like kind of a, a dweeb. And decides to be weak for a minute. He steps back. He's like, I got things. I got errands to run in Beersheba. And it says that Elijah went into the desert. Uh, Elijah spent a season of time whining, crying about everything, telling God how hard his life was. And then he picked himself up. And when he picked himself up, God told him, I want you to go anoint a new servant, Elisha. And so this is kind of the story. Elijah puts his robe and his ring back on, like I talked to you about last week. And he heads down the trail to go find Elijah. So I want to tell you, uh, read you a little bit about the, the story of Elisha and Elijah. I want to also encourage you, because you see, Elijah was a mature prophet. Elisha was not. Elijah, um, there were some powerful similarities because we're all looking for somebody to kind of disciple us. We know in the back of our hearts 
because the word's clear about discipleship, that somebody should disciple us and we should probably be working with somebody too. But we all kind of like, I'm going to get to that. And I'm going to do that someday. Um, Elijah and Elisha, the older one, the mature one, they were both appointed by God to be lead prophets of Israel for a period of time. They both trained the sons of the prophets as a key priority in their ministry. Both were empowered by God to do miracles. And both had very unusual departures from God. Elijah was actually taken up by God. He didn't even die. Remember last week? When I said that in the Hall of Fame, God doesn't remember all the facts. He sees the truth of who you are. It struck me today when I was studying and praying that Elijah had just run like crazy when Jezebel, one woman with a demonic anointing, made him run for his life. But God doesn't really take that into account when he takes him up. He doesn't even die. Elisha, when he died, uh, in 2 Kings 13, they tell a story. They threw a dead guy in his grave, and there was still so much powerful anointing on his life that the dead guy came back to life. How would that freak you out? (laughs) Sometimes we don't really think about the reality of what God talks about. Here's where we get tripped up, though. When we start looking for somebody to disciple us, We're looking at the wrong things. They were very different in socioeconomic areas. Elijah, the mature prophet, came from the wrong side of the country. He was probably from a poor home in Gilead. Elisha came from Abel Mahola in Israel, the right side of the tracks. And he appears to have had a wealthy upbringing. They were different personality. Elijah, the mature prophet, was a man of many moods. One day, he's standing for God, and the next day, he's like beating feet, running from a woman. Physical appearance, Elijah was a hairy man. 2 Kings 1.8. That's really not cool with your generation. Everybody shaves, trims, everything. Elijah was bald. 2 Kings 2.23. I want to encourage you, this year, my goal and what I've been spending all of January for is to activate you. I'm not really, like, I'm not trying to activate our leadership because they're activated. But there are a bunch of you who have just started coming, and we love it that you are. And you're finding your place, and it matters to me that you begin to realize you're precious to God. And not only are you precious, but he has a he designed you for a very specific reason. He has some things that only you can do. You are Elisha. And there are some of you who are Elijah. And you have things to impart and teach. And it's time that you turned around and did that. And for some of us, like, there's days that I'm Elijah, and I'm meeting with somebody and discipling them. And then there's days that I'm Elisha, and sometimes I'm sitting with somebody who's 25 or 30 years younger than me, but I'm learning from what God's been showing them, and they're discipling me. We pay way too much attention to what everybody thinks, and we try so hard to appear mature. Blow it off, you guys. It's not worth it. Just seek revelation from the Lord. Seek wisdom from him. Because when you go into that, into life, with that heart, and you stop worrying about what everybody thinks about you, you're going to start growing. You can't help it. Because God, he always, you pursue him, he's going to pursue you. So I want to read this story to you. It's out of 2 Kings 1 and 2. 
When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. A company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as sure as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped with Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. And whenever you study their lives, actually, um, I had this written down somewhere. Elisha had twice as many miracles as Elijah. He had a double 14, and Elisha lived almost twice as long as Elijah. So I was kind of interested, why, what, did you, what do you have to do to get the anointing? So I want to kind of talk you through this a little bit. When the Lord was about to take up Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Gilgal means to roll away. It was where Joshua circumcised the Israelites before entering the promised land. And it's a place of rolling the past away. I know, all the guys cringe when you talk about circumcision. It's a separation. It's you coming into an intimacy with God that you haven't had in the past. So I want to ask you, just for a minute, I want to ask you, ask the Holy Spirit while we're sitting here. Because if you're not interacting with the Holy Spirit and you're not getting revelation, you're not getting anything worth listening to. Ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything that I need to separate from? If you didn't hear anything, don't worry about it. Because you keep asking, he'll start talking. It was interesting that Elijah and Elisha, you just simply hear of the story of them going to each place. And it was also interesting to me at each place, it says, the company of the prophets came out and said, you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you. 
And every time Elisha said, yes, I know, so be quiet. It's very easy when, and this is a lot of us, when we are headed, like they knew that God was going to take Elijah up. They knew that it was coming to an end. So a lot of times it's easy to have short timers. Like when my, it's just how my heart works. I don't know if I did my head, but it's actually my heart. When one of my friends tells me that they're going to move in nine months, I typically see people like every other week, or I have some immediately in my mind, I've got, that means I'm going to see them 12 more times. So I need to make it count. But it's also easy whenever we know people are going to move to, like, kind of just step back. Isn't it? I don't want to be hurt, and I don't want to miss them. I'm probably never going to hear from them anyway after they move, so I'm just going to step back. It's easy to do that with God, too. So easy. Verse 2, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. Why do you think Elijah kept saying to Elisha, stay here? Why do you think? <laughs> What's that? I couldn't hear you, Gabby. No, it's actually not rhetorical. Because it's different for all of us. I do it with people sometimes. I want to see what are they made of. Let me make it easy for you not to pay the price for intimacy. Just stay here. Because then, when people walk on with me, or you know, you'll come up to a, your relationship seems really great, and then you'll have something really awkward happen. Or if it's me, a lot of times I'll say something that would have been great if I could have kept it in, but I didn't think about it, and then I said it. And then you find out, what's a relationship made of? You know, or I have an expectation, and they don't meet it. And I realize, wow, you suck. Every friend I've ever made, at one point or another, I know, has asked themselves, what in the world was I doing when I said hello to you the first time? And almost every friend I have that I love with all my heart, I've felt the same way. You know, you just get to that point, and you're like, you are such a selfish pig. What did I ever see in you? And then you go on. Bethel, in verse 2, Bethel is a place of, it means the house of God. In 2 Kings 2, 1, Jacob's, that's where Jacob saw the stairway to heaven and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't aware of it. And you guys, you have to be in the house of God. Let me ask you, what's your commitment to being somewhere? It doesn't have to be here. What's your commitment to being somewhere every single week? Is there any place? Because we have probably 25 churches represented here, and we love that flavor. But what's your commitment? Where? It doesn't have to be Epic Life. It can be anywhere, but it has to be somewhere where you're known. You don't just skate in, you know, or... Yeah, let me get there. Like three-fourths of the way through worship, I'm going to show up. And right before they have like that little prayer thing they do at the end, I'm going to go for coffee. I'm not talking about that. Someplace you got to show up. Show up means be part of it. Thank you. Because you've got to learn, you've got to develop an appetite for God's presence. 
Let me ask you, what's your appetite for God's presence? And what I mean by that is how do you how much do you worship God when nobody's around, when nobody's leading you in worship? Do you know how to worship? Like when we have a bad set, which happens occasionally, hasn't happened in a really long time, but we've had them. Do you worship? Are you standing there going, wow, I think his guitar is off. It's a little flat. You know? Or do you just worship? Do you know how to do that? Four. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know the Lord's going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know. So be quiet. What was Jericho? Jericho, in my opinion, if you listen to me preach last week, Jericho was a place where they had this huge fortress and God was going to deliver them to deliver Jericho to them. And so all the Navy SEALs and all the bad guys, all the really strong guys, the guys who work out, and the women who were tough as a boot, they all showed up for the strategy meeting. And the strategy was we're going to walk around Jericho. And that's it. They're like, shoot, why don't you get the kids? They can do that. So let me ask you, are you willing to look stupid? What's your commitment level to God? When was the last time you looked uncool because he asked you to do something? Are you willing to look weak? Can you back away when the Holy Spirit goes, Eric, back away? Are you able to be strong? Because for some of us, when God asks us to do something, we have as much trouble being strong as some people have being weak. It means speaking up, doing what you were created to do. Are you willing to look stupid? Are you willing to fight a battle God's way? Because sometimes fighting a battle God's way, rather than saying anything, is just simply sitting in a chair and opening your hands and inviting the presence of God. I've learned this in the last year. You can holler and yell all these verses and everything, but if you're a presence carrier, if you have an appetite that you've developed over time for loving God and connecting with him, you have a power level that is unstoppable. And if you don't have that, don't worry about it. If you'll keep hanging out with us, we will rub off on you. It's contagious. Then Elijah said, stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Jordan means to descend or flow down. A double portion of Elijah's spirit actually did fall on Elisha. It was interesting. In verse 7, it says, 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. And I would tell you, that's most of us as believers. We love being Christians because that means we're not going to go to hell. Hell is not a great place. But as far as truly doing anything, most of the things that a lot of even churches today are doing do not require the power nor the presence of God to do them. They are a united way. Nothing against united way. 
I think it's a great orga organization. And so it's very easy to, to have a lot of social causes, but never see people come to the Lord in a meaningful way. Because the Bible says that we're actually supposed to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. You don't hear that preached hardly anywhere. And if you're not starting to become acquainted with what that actually means and developing your personal authority as a son or a daughter, you need to start because it's an exciting way to live. It beats the heck out of drugs. It beats, it's amazing to learn to host the presence, the Holy Spirit, so powerfully that you have an experience of being drunk in the Spirit. There's no hangover. You have a lot more fun. You can actually remember afterwards what happened. And the people you party with don't do embarrassing things. <laughs> I want to encourage you. If you were the one of the ones who has always been part of the 50 who stood at a distance off, come up next to the prophets this year. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, think about this, rolled it up and struck the water with it. And the water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Would that not be cool? Wouldn't you like to see that happen? When they crossed, when they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Guys, if you want to have authority as a believer, if you want to truly begin to understand your identity, if you want to be able to speak to things that are happening in your lives and in the lives of people that you love and literally see the enemy back up and take his hands off of people that you love, if you want to pray for the sick and start seeing them get healed, go out on these treasure hunts. You'd be amazed the miracles that they're seeing. There are actually a lot of miracles that are happening just in our faith family. But you've got to walk with the prophet. It's not always encouraging. The longer you walk with him, I mean, the first time he said stay, you go, ah, oh, he probably doesn't realize I like him. The dude said, why don't you stay here every single time? Some of you are so thin-skinned that you come into a place like this, and if they don't run up and, you know, hug you and take your hand and lead you over to sit in a place. It's like, they're really clicky here. They're not very friendly. This is just like every other church I've ever been at. They don't pay any attention to me. No, have some thick skin. Have some eternal perspective. Have goals that it's like, no matter, I don't care what, I'm introducing myself until I find a friend. There's some awesome groups here. I want the guys in the garage who normally go to that to stand up. All of you, stand up. All right, see these guys? These guys have all walked with the Lord for a long time. And tenure doesn't mean anything. But every one of these men knows what it's like to truly have an intimate relationship with God. If you're in here and you don't know how to do that or you've been wishing that someone would disciple you or where can I find a group where people could actually talk to me about how to make my life work, where people will care about me, where they'll show up when I'm having a hard time, go to this group. We send out an email every week. Get the address. Go to it. All right, you guys can sit down. It's stuff like that. The women's breakfast. 
Diane Wahub and Ashley Malat know how to throw a party. Ladies, if you just want to get, I know it's hard to walk in when you don't know anybody. Walk in anyway. It's worth it. We have amazing women in this ministry. I personally cannot stand a catty woman. Can't stand it. And maybe that's, I mean, there's not, I'm just going to say it. And our leadership team and a lot of the people who have been here for a long time, we just don't put up with that. They don't put up with it. And they'll care about you. You might not feel so great about yourself. You might have a lot of things that you're ashamed of. I can promise you our women will come up next to you and help you walk into a life of mental, spiritual, and physical wholeness. Try it. Go to the breakfast. We have DNA every other, the first and third Friday night at my house. I don't lead it. Saul and Shetty lead it. But there's awesome stuff that happens there every single time that we meet. The sermon that I gave where I led you guys to that interactive time two weeks ago, they did that first at DNA. The Holy Spirit had been talking to me about it, but I didn't have my questions done because I didn't have to preach for another week. Shoot, I didn't have to do the questions. I used theirs. There's awesome opportunities. I beg of you, please, because if you're here and you don't quite know where you fit or you don't, you really wonder, is this a place that I really want to hang around? You're the person, you've been my person the whole month. It's like, just try it. Just, just try it. You have to refuse to leave when other people do. To hear the prophet say, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Because a prophet who's mature in the Lord will not ask a panty waist that question. And by panty waist, I mean somebody who's not mature. Because if I ask you that question and you don't have character and you don't have maturity, then whatever I give you is going to crush you. Like the, the, the ministry pastors, they're responsible for that stuff. And in our ministry, we're not playing. So there's certain things that they have to make happen. And if it doesn't, I ask, why not? On our leadership meeting, if they text me, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. Something came up. I'm like, what came up? I want to know. Because I want to know, what's your priorities? Because we're handing you the leadership of our ministry. What are your priorities? What's your values? I'm going to be late. Really? What happened? I want to know. Because we respect the Lord. We respect what we're doing. We respect you. Your lives matter. And if we disciple that in you, like guys lately, it's been really embarrassing. I'm the one who teaches on time management. Yeah, we call it time investment. I can't even tell you how many times in the last three weeks I've had to send a text. Seven late, three late, and then when I get there, I have to give an honest response. One of my daughters preaches. Uh, she literally preaches around the world. She sent me a sermon 10 days ago and asked me to evaluate it and give her feedback. And she gave me actually two grace days. And today she said, Daddy, have you had time to look at that? And I'm like, no. She said, it's okay. I already had to hand it in. I, was like, <laughs> I said, loser, hash mark, all caps, fail. She goes, there's grace. You've been working really hard lately. I go, my word needs to be my bond, no matter how hard I'm working. 
and I never sent her a smiley face back. I wasn't happy. It's just acknowledging where you're at. Because I want God to give me, I want to take him so seriously, and I want to take what we're doing so seriously that he'll give me revelation. Don't you want to know God's secrets? I do. Elisha said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. If he hadn't kept going all the times. Have you all ever, like, had somebody that is just not fun to work for or is not very encouraging? In the last six months, I've started trying to say thank you so much more often because I'm kind of a bullet type person and it's easy for me to go here's the deal and then race off Elijah said if you're there when I go up and as they were walking along and talking together suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Did you note there that he said, My father, my father? He wasn't his biological father. He was his spiritual father. You can't take the place of a biological father. You only have one of those. But he chose to put himself in a place of a son. Teach me what you know. Everybody else leaves. The 50s stand at a distance. The prophets in every city, they were like, you know he's going to leave. That's all they had to say. He was the only one who walked on with Elijah. And at the end, He got Elisha, then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Jeremiah 1.5 is a verse that every one of you can take in. It says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. After he ran from Jezebel, Elijah heard God's still small voice to anoint Elisha to be prophet in his place. What kind of a prophet Elisha was to become was up to him. You have people who will help you all around you. There are many Elijahs in this room. Because I look around, um, because of the apostolic anointing that I have, a lot of times I can just see the hunger on people's faces. There are many of you who are Elijahs. You don't even realize it. You're very powerful, much more powerful than you understand. It's not about color. It's not about which, uh, it's not about male or female. It's simply about who do you want to be. You can do this. I don't care what your past is. We don't care. We're going to start having testimonies again, and you'll hear people's testimonies, and you'll realize whatever you're done, you're in good company. A nameless servant who played it safe and stepped back when he should have stepped forward, or an Elisha. The choice is yours. So tonight I want to commission our ministry pastors, if all the ministry pastors could come forward. They didn't know I was going to do this. Uh, Tom Fesslian 
Amber Chalk, Melda Scott, if you can come forward. Leanne Saul. So, and the people whose names I just called didn't know I was going to have them, except for Tom. So I want us just to, uh, if you guys can all join hands, <clears throat> and I just want to uh, pray over them, you guys come to me. The ministry pastors join hands. There you go. And if you guys could stand, because I want us to pray over this group. So, so Tom, I'm going to ask you to pray, and I'm going to ask Amber, and then Melda, and then I'll close. If you guys could just stretch, stretch your hands out towards these guys, or whatever feels comfortable to you. If it doesn't feel comfortable, don't do it. It's all right. So, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we just lift up this group that's here, Lord, that you want to anoint, you want to promote, you want to give them the anointing, Lord, let the anointing increase upon their lives, God. I just pray for fire to come down, just consume everything they do, that they would just bring fruit, God. Everything they do, that everything they touch, just like Joseph in the Old Testament, everything he touched was prosperous, God. So let their hands be prosperous, let every move they make be done by you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray for an increase of anointing to be upon you guys, like a hovering right now. You, will, you tangibly will actually feel it in, the, in your, your presence. Holy Spirit will come and rest upon them in the name of Jesus right now. So, Lord, I just pray that you completely stir them up, Lord. You stir them up to another level, Lord. You will increase, increase, increase upon their lives right now. And you protect them, God, as they go and as they minister, Lord. And uh, increase the sermon upon their lives. Increase wisdom upon their lives. Increase knowledge upon their lives, Lord. And let them go where they need to go, Lord. And let it be fruitful. Let fruit come upon everyone here, Lord. Let, let fruit multiply. Let them just not just be a, a, a group that bears 30 or 60-fold. But the word says you could bear 100-fold. So let them bear 100-fold. Let 100-fold come upon their lives, Lord. Everything they do, let it be a hundredfold, Lord. Just proclaim it in the in the spirit right now. They will be prosperous in everything they do in Jesus in Jesus' name. God, we lift up this group here, and we just we just um, we just bless them tonight, God. I just see your spirit resting on each person. And I just thank you for the calling on their lives, God. It looks different for each person. Each person has just been fearlessly seeking you and just asking, what do you want, God? What do you want from me? And it just looks so different. And so I just pray blessing and increase and provision and protection over everyone here. I just pray a holy fire to fall. I just pray off fear of any kind for you just to have fun just to be you, to walk in your destiny and the calling, the high calling that you have. I just pray over that right now for your eyes to just be focused on your Father. He is so in love with you. He is so proud of you. He has such good plans for you. And so I just pray for the city to receive everything here, God. I pray for Sacramento, God, right now, for the right, for the ready, for those out there who are just in need of this, God, that you would just call them forth here, that you would just put them in their path, Lord. You are ready to move in this city, and we just say yes to whatever you're doing here. We say yes, Lord. We thank you for those who have been called forth, and we just stand beside you in prayer and in and brotherhood and sisterhood, and we just thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I agree with my sister, and I pray, Father, that these are the leaders, and I just saw as it says in Joel chapter 2, it talks about the army of the Lord. And I thank you, Father, that these have all been called as sons and daughters. And they walk out individually hearing your voice. So there's no competition, Lord. There's no striving. Mm. There's no striving for position. There's only striving to grow and mature in different levels 
There's growing and maturing in, Lord, what you've called them to do. And I thank you, Father, for the unity. I thank you, Lord, for the unity that's represented. And I pray, Father, Jesus. Mm. I thank you, Father, that just, just like in Joel chapter 2, the Jewish army was based on family. And it was based on a promise from God. And it was based on walking in and owning the promised land. It was based on generations. Mm. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That you're the God of the living, not the God of the dead. I thank you, Lord. Like acts, Father, tongues of fire, Lord God, would rest upon their heads, Lord Jesus. I Thank you for the increase, Lord. I thank you for the new anointing, Lord, that is being released tonight that will usher this ministry into new levels. I thank you for the grace that is being released right now to do the thing that you have set before them, God. Yes, yes. And we declare and we decree that there is more. We declare and we decree that this is an excellent thing that God is doing. We thank you, God. We thank you for the growth, Lord. We thank you for the, for the joy, Jesus. We thank you for your love, Lord God, that would be poured out. We thank you, Jesus, for the power of your spirit. That you are doing something new. You are doing a new thing. A new thing tonight. And we thank you for the leaders that will come after them. We thank you for the we call, we thank you for the leaders that will come behind them. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for the apostles, for the prophets, for the evangelists, for the pastors, and for the teachers. This is just the beginning, says God. This is just the beginning, says the Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. And it won't stay here in capital. It's going to increase. It's going to increase. It's going to go all throughout the city. Ha. This will be a ministry known for its leaders. For those who are passionately in love with God, who serve him and who are leaders, servant kings in his, in his kingdom. Who are warriors. Who are not afraid. Who are bold. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. And we just cover them. We just declare a hedge of protection around them, around their homes, around their families, as they step into this new territory, this new level of authority. Father, we love you. We just offer our lives up to you. Lord, I thank you for each person, not just the people in this circle, but the layers of people behind them. For all the Elijahs that are in this room, Lord, that each person who's in this circle simply turns around and asks for other people to step up next to them as we move out and invade darkness with light. We thank you for the privilege of being your sons and your daughters. And, Father, we just ask you to teach us how to be who you are in the world. 
we have no desire, Lord Jesus, to do things that don't have eternal substance. We want to leave a legacy in this city. We thank you for Sacramento. We just ask you for a blessing over this city. The darkness would become light. We truly want to see you do something powerful here, Lord. And it's not just about us, but we want to do our part. And this is the best way we know how to do this. So, Father, I just pray that you would give people courage and strength, all the people outside of this circle and around this room and even those who didn't come tonight. Lord, that we would begin to band together and find our place and get our identities straight, know what our strengths and our developmental areas are, know what our spiritual gifts are, and begin to use those in the ways that you created us. Father, we just ask for humility to be all over this ministry that we serve one another and serve our city. And God, tonight, we just commission, I commission the people in this circle, Lord, as ministry pastors over Epic Life. I ask you, Lord, to put a hedge of protection about each of them. I pray that you give them wisdom and discernment as they seek your face for what they're going to do in the area that they have governance over this year and I pray that you would bring many Elijah's to stand next to them as we do some powerful things Lord for you we love you with all of our hearts I pray all these things in Jesus name amen all right yeah you can clap it's a good thing We're going to have a little different ending tonight. Um, if all the ministry pastors could go over to the curtain, they don't even know that I'm going to have them do this. So if you were up here in this circle, if you can go over to the curtain and get in front of your area. And Nelda, I need for you to go in front of Nicole's area for creative arts, wherever you are. Okay. And each of you should have some pins um, if you're here tonight and you already know an area that you feel called to or several, it doesn't have to just be one, um, I would like for you to go over and just sign up. It does, you're not signing up for anything. You're simply saying this is an area that I think I would like and would enjoy being a part of. Um, and we're not actually going to have worship nor prayer ministry at the end, although I would ask you, if you're not a ministry owner, and you're on the prayer team, if you could go up by the uh, stage, if you're here tonight and you need ministry, we would love to pray for you. So, Angela, Eugene, any of the rest of you who are on the prayer team, if you could go over by the stage. So, Vakal is going to turn on some traveling music. And this is kind of a different ending to the night, but hey, you're sitting in a circle, so... What did you expect? It's a little different sometimes. Bless you guys. We're so glad that you came. I would just ask you if you're interested, or even if you don't know if you're interested, but you think, I might like to learn about prayer, go sign up with Colin. So feel free to stand with me. I'm going to pray over you. God, thanks for all these precious people. Thanks for what you're doing here. Thanks for the explosive things that you're going to make happen this year. We love you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for coming tonight, you guys.